he says to me that when people in Germany and in Poland were sent to the concentration camps, they were thrown into rail cars. And when they arrived at the camps, the rail cars were slammed open. Men were separated from women and women were separated from children. And one person for every six was given a blanket. One blanket for every six people. And the person who got the blanket had to decide what to do with this blanket that I have for myself. And not everyone, but most people shared their blanket with five other people. And the rabbi says to me, take your blanket and go share it with five other people. And so much of that story is threaded into what we have tried to do at Starbucks, is share our blanket. Starbucks union debt, gas prices, rising rent, Elon Musk fighting Putin, single combat stakes. That unionized Kentani Brown finalized sanctions on Putin's kid. House votes about getting paid. Blah 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 blah. Russians in the Ukraine. We're talking about uh, the economy in this episode. Oh no. Mammenberg tackles the economy. Invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> Finch is getting really into Bitcoin. Yeah, Finch has been getting really into Bitcoin lately. It's it is getting the most out of hand. Uh, biblically acceptable form of currency. And well, it, well, could you, could you provide that? evidence for that? Yeah. I saw a lot of NFL players have told me that recently, so I believe them. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, man. Right. <laughs> oh, give us give us the uh, Buffalo Wild Hands Union Buster. All right. You saunter in to a large uh, auditorium. There are a lot of very uh, angry protesters around holding up signs. <laughs> These have chicken fills on them. Those disgusting little hybrids that have like hands instead of wings. Yeah. Uh, these are very angry uh, Buffalo Wild Hands workers who have uh, continuously claimed that... Uh, a lot of people, uh, or a lot of the employees, disappear in the meat grinder along with the chicken fills. Oh my god! <laughs> so they're 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 pro they're just they've decided to uh, form a union in order to uh, protest these terrible conditions. <laughs> uh, I am uh, the hired union buster, Finch. Uh, I have a little Tommy gun with me. Uh, to signify my mafia ties to the Gambinos. And I, I, I have been hired by the CEO himself, Jackal Jester. All right, listen, you, th you three. I want you to go in there. I want you to go in there. I want you to fucking... 
I, I need you. I can't. Are, are we on mic right now? Are we on mic right now? Look, right, listen, this is this is off the record. Everything. I need you to go in there and do everything you can to fucking bust this union and stop it from happening. I cannot. I cannot afford to pay health care to these people. I can't. <laughs> these fucking slight. The, the, all these these people do is that they 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 cut up the chicken fills. They don't even kill the chicken fills, which is the hardest part. That, that those people aren't complaining. It's the it's the people that are processing it. Well, I it's think that fucking... those guys aren't complaining because it's it's prison labor that that cuts up. Shut the, the, shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! I think shut they're allowed up. to complain. Shut oh. up! Oh. Well, are, are you are you one of those fucking silly, the whiny tiny socialists? Or are you here to bust the no, fucking union? No, I'm, I'm here to bust the union. I thought you were a Pinkerton. I, I uh, you know, I thought about coming in. Wait, we should just keep it. <laughs> Sorry, we're derailing this already. Yeah, yes. I did. Stupid. we're here I, with I Pinkerton agent Josiah W. Sutton. Well, I, I'm part of this new wave. You know, I'm gonna come in and we're gonna talk about how you know we we here at Buffalo Wild Hands are like a family, and you know we don't need some elected mediator between the the chicken choppers and you know and jackal here we don't need someone you know mediating between us we we like to think we can talk to the employees directly or is that not harsh enough for you jackal i was thinking more of uh beat them until uh they start uh okay. they stop just, now that's what i'm fine, talking fine, about fine we'll, we'll change tactics just make sure the I, doors are locked when the fire starts um yeah uh, I, 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 I'll, want, I'll, I want you to make Blair Mountain look like a walk in the park. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll call up my Don Jackal. Jesus, all right. My, my Don Tony Soprano. He'll, he'll get this done. I want, I want, I want you to make this the worst day of their lives. Uh, so what? We got, we got me, Josiah. <laughs> we got I, Finch. We got Jackal. Got <laughs> Phil. Phil. Listen, unions are all well and good, but... At, we want a direct working relationship with the employees. I want to be able to take this small hammer that I have disguised in my luggage and break your knees if you're being a little disobedient. <laughs> Holy shit. Like a father think, does. Like a father does. I think it's a, what you don't understand, folks, out there in the audience, is that we, we don't think about it as union busting. Uh, it is something that is uh, problematic in the workforce. And... Honestly, if it's allowed to continue, uh, we'll have to break more kneecaps. It's just, uh, we'll have to go scorched earth on these motherfuckers, and all of their kneecaps will be broken. And I collect the shards and I make them into macrame. Um, some some workers break in, um, and it's like this scene yeah. in Cosmopolis. Uh, they stand up, but instead of holding dead rats, they're holding dead chicken fills. <laughs> and they're like, workers of the world! <laughs> We have nothing to lose but our chains! Being surrounded by the mutated chickens! <laughs> There's somebody in a chicken fill costume climbing over, like, the executive's car. Get off that! Get off your, your filthy fucking feet off that! We're going crazy! Tyson had a we might have a ride on our hands. But I, uh, what am I? What am I telling you, people? For go and beat their legs. All right, all right. I'll get the don. I'll, I'll tell the don to send in more people. Give me a minute. I this. I thought that the that the game. Well, actually, we shouldn't say Gambino because that's an actual that's an actual mafia that's still around. Oh, uh, oh no, the Tostinos. There we go. The, 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 I got, you got. I, I'm from Rawway. I got connections. 
the, I, the I, I, I thought that I could rely on the I thought I could fight, rely on the Tostinos for protection, <laughs> but it appears it appears that uh it appears that that your days are uh, numbered. Maybe they've been in the oven for a little too long, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh God. God! Welcome to Mammonberg, everybody. Mammonberg. As you can tell, the subject of this episode pretty clearly. I, I think it's obvious now. Uh, of course, we're going to tackle that. Uh, uh, Elon Musk is on the Twitter board of directors. I think that was pretty apparent from our, mm. our opener there. That that was what Definitely, we're going to talk yeah. about this episode. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait to. I can't wait to to uh, to bully the 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 CEO of Twitter soon. The CEO, mm-hmm. yeah. No, of course we're going to talk about unions. I thought we should start on the Elon Musk thing because I think all we're going to do is uh, laugh at Elon Musk and move on. But the the bulk of this episode is about we how laugh cool at, unions are. We should laugh at how he's getting cucked by Chelsea Manning. That's pretty funny. Queen, she's doing the Lord's work. Um, no, yeah, Elon Musk bought some some pretty large shares in Twitter's company and now sits on the board of directors and he's a, you know, all that good stuff, which is a really elaborate way uh, to get to the like top to, to like ban people making fun of you online. Yeah. I kind of feels like that's what this is all about. Do you remember when they changed the rules on Twitter that you can't have Elon Musk in your username because he threw a fit? Yeah. I know because my name was Elon Musk did 9-11 and then Twitter made me change it. It should be always it should be always acceptable to make fun of of, uh, of whiny uh, rich people. I don't think yeah. you should ever face yeah. repercussions for that. I don't, I don't get how he's seen as so cool and all he does is complain. He's the yeah. whiniest he, little he's bitch such, in the world. He's one of the richest people in the world. He talks about, oh, I'm going to take a Samaris. I'm going to uh, uh, build a, a, new, uh, a new clean energy future. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We're going to do, uh, we're, I'm going to make like the sci-fi world that I've read in books that was actually a warning for these things shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make yeah. it happen. I only I'm half make- understood Dune and I'm going to. I'm only, uh, and I'm going to make it happen. Fellas, I got to and- make me a Bene Gesserit so that we can conceive a weird uh, inbred messiah who will kill an entire planet's worth of people. Oh, multiple plants worth of people. Eventually, uh, oh. the and then all he he spends all of his time just fucking whining on Twitter. <laughs> Granted, I think that's... That this is the the ultimate sign that money doesn't make you happy because he's still just fucking whining constantly about innocuous shit on Twitter. Why it's does so he care? Funny. He doesn't have to care. You don't see this from like uh, like this is gonna tie into what we're gonna discuss later, but you don't see this like. With Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos is not fucking balding on Twitter constantly about people no, saying like no, bullying no. him. He's already right. bald, so well, because partially that's because you know he, as he says, he's like you know if you want to dream for the future, you're you're gonna always risk being misunderstood. So he he is aware that you know we out here we misunderstand him. Which, as annoying that is, that that does make him less annoying because he just in his brain just goes, oh, they don't get me. And then he doesn't have to. But Elon Musk wants to be got. Yeah. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) It's really sad. That's his entire motivation, (laughs) I think, is to be. He wants to be perceived. Oh, my God. (laughs) He wants the rewards of living, being loved without the terrible uh, 
burden of being known. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I mean, considering that he's been divorced how many times, uh, that's not yeah, working he's, out too well. He's doing great yeah. at that, yeah. How many kids does he have? Uh, too many, let me tell too you. Too many. I shouldn't say that as a Catholic, but... <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a pot calling the kettle black. A little, little bit yeah. of a, the... Uh, uh, what, what, what was that again? Trad wife bitch? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here. That I think that the criticism that Fitch should have is is that he has too few children. Yeah, well, that's listen, the issue. Th- yeah, that's the this issue. This is coming from the guy who his only patent, like one of the few patents he has to his name is a proprietary plug design. You know, because listen, he's he's not above sticking his plug everywhere. Jesus uh, it's just Christ. that he needs to find the right fit. Phil, you know what I'm Phil, saying? Phil, Phil when, when you... Phil. Exactly what was what? The, the... your your What specifically caused... <laughs> this to happen to you i know that i, I know that like we we this has been like something that we brought up i brought up multiple times in different episodes but genuinely what has been the thing like is this because of like did you consume too many microplastics as a baby was there like a oh, curse yeah, that was yeah. put upon you by by like a a mystical witch was, what, was there what? an incident involving a, a hammer and like your your head at 10 or something like that. <laughs> that so mean. I know this is so mean. I feel bad. I'm sorry. Phil, we love you. We feel uh, I just don't okay. I don't always understand how you get from point A to point Z. I have a very I, special <laughs> brain. I'm a very special, very see, special see, brain. See, what you're seeing here is the binary between girl ADD and ADHD and uh, boy ADHD. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the was the cause of this the italianness was was that the significant factor yeah is to... is it the add or the italianness uh, that's it... up to, that's up to you to decide man and is add like a sick cocktail when it's mixed with italianness that it just like it well, just... I will say ADD gives you access to some sick cocks. <laughs> you, see, you, you see what I mean? I... How did hey you guys, get there? How did guys... that... Remember when this was a Christian podcast? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is never a Christian podcast. <laughs> it's not your mom's Christian podcast. Okay, you know what? Yeah, okay. You know what? Let's talk about unions. That's our transition. That's how we're transitioning to that. Yes. Um, I'll put I'll put some music. I'll put some music. I'll put some music. We would be very naive to believe that we're not going to be criticized. I mean, that's just part of the terrain. You have to accept that. One thing I tell people is, if you're going to be, if you're going to do anything new or innovative, you have to be willing to be misunderstood. We're tackling the economy. Uh, uh, unions are good. Church teaching says this. Uh, Catholic social teaching promotes solidarity between That's workers. Right. That's right. Um, so yeah. So in the news, uh, it seems like there's like a, a, a lot of labor victories lately. Um, so we, we mentioned this last episode, but we didn't get time to get into it. Uh, the Amazon uh, workers facility in Staten Island just won a vote to form a union, um, which is insane. If you've like listened to some of the interviews with uh, Chris Smalls, the uh, the official president of or yeah union rep of that union, 
they, they've been working on this for two years. It's been like insane how much work they've done to like make this happen. He doesn't even work at this Amazon facility anymore. He got fired in 2020 for trying to start the union and committed to trying to form this union from the outside. Well, their excuse for firing him was that he was breaking uh, COVID quarantine procedure by yeah. doing a walkout because of poor conditions uh, at, at of, the fulfillment uh, the center. Yeah, <laughs> in relation to COVID, this is what was crazy. So what what they he, they did was he was a uh, he organized a walkout uh, because they were not respecting like quarantine, they were not respecting social distancing, they they weren't doing anything, and this was like the beginning of 2020 when the you know the pandemic was at you know really coming into the front. Um, and so he did a walkout. So then what they did was they, no, no, he started complaining, complaining to management that they should do something. And so what they did was uh, they went, okay, we'll institute a quarantine. And they quarantined him who had no diagnosis of COVID. They just said, okay, you're quarantined. And so then he showed up to work to try to lead a walkout. And so then they fired him for breaking COVID protocol, Jeez. even though he was the one pushing for COVID protocol. Psychopath um, behavior. Psychopath, and it, the the psychopath behavior got worse because, like, when they as they were organizing the union, they were hosting like events with workers. So they would like bring pizza to the bus stop outside of the Staten Island union, and like they would all like as workers out after work like hang out together and eat food. And multiple times he got arrested for bringing pizza to the bus stop near Amazon. They, this was all specific, like around uh this was all ostensibly just around making his life like a living hell at his job to dissuade uh which is the, how mm -hmm. this is how like uh they they they're trying to basically neg you into not even to not for you to not to bother to form a union yeah well, yeah, exactly. Like he actually gets into I, I listened to a few interviews with him that were really great. Um, but talking about the union busting process and a big thing he he talked about is and, and anybody who's worked service can tell you this, that the uh, the rotating door of like high turnover rate of service jobs is a feature, not a bug, because everyone eventually gets worn down within like a year of working there and quits because they get pissed off. And because everybody quits, nobody makes the conditions any better or fights for it. Um, and so that's why, like, even though he got fired, he chose to just keep grinding it down on this place, you know, because he knew that everyone is just going to keep getting fired or quit or whatever. And they're not going to commit to no, we're fucking unionizing this. Um, it's just, it's a crazy victory. I also don't want to uh, leave out Derek Palmer. Who's the other guy uh, that, worked with Chris Smalls. Chris Smalls has been getting a lot of the media attention, but Derek's also cool. Um, and it's funny, like the, uh, the democracy now interview with the two of them framed it as like how two best friends beat the union busting campaign in Staten Island. And I just like, I want to see more of those. I want to see like the opposite of a buddy cop movie. I want to see more like buddy union movies. It's like two guys form a union. I will say, as, a, as somebody who is currently working at said service job, uh, who I'm, I'm sure anybody in the Mammonberg uh, community Discord has uh, seen my ranting and raving on uh, the the water cooler sub chat, which is quite literally <clears throat> like dedicated. That I so created it simply to complain about my job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. basically, what ended up happening? Well, so. My job exists in a cycle right now where uh, my boss, my boss is essentially 
like, every time we get a complaint, he instills, like, a new thing we have to abide by. For example, this lady who always constantly comes in and complains, who is a known complainer, who is constantly irritating the employees. She came in while I wasn't there, because I tend to know what she wants, because, you know, I'm there, like, five nights a week. <clears throat> she always wants her stuff... Past a certain hour, we would put things in to-go containers to save on dishes. I don't do that for her because she'll complain if you do. So what I did was I just made a mental note of every time she walked in uh, to just, like, put stuff in the correct containers, like, for here stuff, so that I didn't have to hear about it or she didn't complain. While I wasn't there, I guess somebody did, and they didn't fix it. So she called to complain to our boss. So now... We can't do that until 9 p.m., which means it's too late to make a difference, and our dishwasher uh, is going to have to stay later, most likely, and keep continually wash dishes, especially if we're still busy. Mm -hmm. So all of these, like, little things, and, like, you know, he's basically like, oh, you have to deck brush every night. And deck brushing is literally, like, it's extremely, it's harder than mopping because you have to take, like, a flat, thick, flat brush and just, like, scrub the floor every night. And that, com that, if you do it every night, that becomes, like, physically exhausting. And then we have a few teenage employees, because our employee base is quite literally nothing but teenagers and me. Mm. Basically, they're all getting fed up and reducing their hours because all this shit's happening and they're getting tired and worn out and they don't want to do it anymore. And that's, that's a problem, because guess whose responsibility it is to basically compensate for the teenagers when things don't go well? Yeah, it's the adult Yours workers and stuff, yeah. So, it just keeps getting worse, and it, it seems like they are just too stupid or too stubborn to notice that, like, the things are correlating, that, like, maybe people won't want to work for you if you constantly beat them up and, like, put more responsibilities on them. And, uh, for example, here's just a funny thing to throw up. Tell them they don't get a raise this year because they're making as much as an employee in their position can make despite being there for like a year and a half yeah that is uh that's an example that uh doesn't apply to me i but just heard about it else, yeah. from myself yeah mm. um yeah no it this story like i don't know i i was you know as i like listened through some of these interviews before this episode with chris smalls and Derek palmer i i don't know i, I like i caught myself <laughs> tearing up a lot because i had i you know i've 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 been on like similar situations, right? I've been, I've had the like unrealized, like sit in a bar with two other guys and we're brainstorming how to unionize the coffee shop we work at and nothing ever comes of it because everybody quits and everybody gets pissed off. And so it's just like, I don't know, they mm -hmm. just beat all the odds in this like incredible way. Um, and of course, uh, Amazon itself is saying that these, they, they think that there has been interference with this election results. Oh, and they're, yeah. They're doing that, which is very funny because I think it was the I think it was the union vote in Alabama last year. They're, they're having to redo that because the 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 like they got in legal trouble. Amazon got legal trouble for actually meddling mm -hmm. with those elections. Right. So like well, uh, they're also <laughs> banning the word union on their group chats, I believe. Yeah, so their good. internal uh, their the internal uh chat apps that are developing for their employees they're banning words that have to do with uh they they can't directly ban talking about unions because that's illegal but uh they're banning 
words adjacent to it, which makes it so interesting. Uh, it, it's so fucking funny that like yeah. I, I'll try and find the there's an article that sort of goes into specific ones that they're doing, but I did find an article here that uh um that uh, uh from Gizmodo talking more about um. The Amazon vote. Also, this was not a close vote either. It was no, as, no. it was as close to unanimous as you can for a, like a large, as large as uh, an Amazon warehouse is. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, according to Tristan Martinez, who has been working uh, with the Amazon Labor Union, the ALU, uh, since about the since that twenty twenty walkout, that has kind of been like the 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 watershed, the impetus for this. Um, he said that uh, other workers uh, heard of the vote count while they were on the job. The news quickly spread through the building. The texts and calls pouring out. Everybody knew within minutes, he said. Of course, not everyone was thrilled. I could see the looks of the managers' faces. Some of them were giving me dirty looks. I could just see uh, the look of defeat and anger on some of them, he said. Uh- <laughs> 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 There's no shortage of... There was no shortage of smiles uh, amongst the workers. Martita said that he was personally so overcome with excitement that he had to get up and leave. I want to run around the whole building just telling everyone. In response to a request for comment from Gizmodo, Amazon said that it's evaluating our options. <laughs> oh my god. Um, one, one piece of this story that's also fun to throw in there, in here, is that um, it seems like the the Biden seems to, we, we were talking about this last night, Jackal, that Biden seems to have a soft spot for unions, weirdly. Yeah. And so, like, the NLRB and the administration is actually, like, kind of fucking with Amazon. Amazon. Now. So, it, yes. Because they, actually, here, the Amazon uh, might be filing objections based on claims of inappropriate to undo influence from the, ed, from the NLRB. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, so the NLRB, yeah, the, the, so they... <laughs> That undue influence is Amazon's prime but union busting tactic is these like mandatory 20 minute meetings like every shift it sounded like. Well, they pull everybody into a room and they explain what a union is like every day and why it's bad. And NLRB um, is their The council is calling for a ban on those making those illegal because um, both Starbucks and Amazon has been using those. And. Yeah, I, I, so like it's kind of interesting to see this um, play out because like yeah, it really does feel like some sort of revitalized workers kind of movement thing is happening right now. Um, oh, uh, and it, it seems that uh that uh, that Alabama vote off the they're filing objections to that along with the new election that is uh the new um objections to uh they're filing a um objections to the uh, Alabama uh union vote that was that happened before mm. but it appears that, that there is going to be another election off of that yeah um, yeah we do not believe unions are in the best interest of our customers our shareholders or most importantly our associates our business model is built upon speed innovation and customer obsession things that are generally not associated with unions if you see warning signs of potential organizing notify your building hrm and gm site leader and workers at the retail giant amazon have voted to unionize employees have the right to organize words associated with unions or union-led movements like living wage living wage uh, you know a, a lot of previous attempts to unionize amazon warehouses were they, they would like appeal to 
already existing like retail workers unions and stuff like that. Um, but the ALU made it kind of a special thing because it was, you know, because the anti-union talking point is usually, oh, these outsiders are coming in and they're going to try to fuck up the relationship you have with your employer. But with this case, it was like, well, we, we're Amazon workers organizing a union for Amazon. And so it, it had a more like, you can't pull that card. You know, it's like, you're pulling this card on these, like, these guys at Staten Island that have worked at Amazon for six years. You know, like, you can't do this, like, oh, these, these outsiders are coming and fucking us up. You know, no, it doesn't work. And the crackdowns seem to also actually help out the union. Because, I mean, when you see a guy getting arrested for bringing a pizza <laughs> to yeah, work. Yeah, that's pretty radicalizing. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Because <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, as, you know, somebody who worked a lot of shitty service jobs, the guy that brings free pizza to a job is a hero is the most popular man at that job automatically do not fucking arrest that guy <laughs> i might i mean i don't i'm not in like a retail or service work anymore but like you know at the office i work at there's like one guy who brings pizza and offers pizza to people and i i can't even think of what his name is and he's my favorite coworker. i think the union the desire for unions is getting so strong because people are just so fed up like, COVID really just, like, killed, I mean, literally and figuratively killed all allegiances to, like, employers amongst, mm-hmm. like, a certain kind of generation. Yeah, I I definitely agree COVID was, like, a, a turning point. I think now we're getting a few years out from that moment where, like, I don't know, you, you got kind of this class consciousness of acknowledging this class of people being the essential workers. And the essential workers started to think of themselves as a class because of that. Um, yeah, they have, there, there's been an accidental development of class solidarity, which has been yeah. dead uh, for God. Uh, I think close to, I would say like a hundred years, ostensibly. Yeah. Like uh, class solidarity has, uh, like, it's solid, solidarity in general. I think has mm-hmm. has been dead for a while. Um, yeah. I think that we're seeing like a revitalization of it. And well, and. Ah, man, I think it was on the Democracy Now! interview I, I listened to this. They made a really interesting point, too, that um, COVID kind of like radicalized everyone in, in both ways, where you have the essential workers start thinking of themselves as essential workers. The people who got to stay home and DoorDash their groceries and shit, because of the like fucking up with the supply chain and stuff like that that kept happening with covid they got to be more aware of how many steps are built into the process of your life and so much like lack of awareness of how you know how you're standing on the backs of people comes from just like the the amazon's ability for you to click a button and things appear and not think about all the complex amounts of people that go into the process of that coming to you and since covid kept throwing wrenches into those things we started to get more aware of how much work it is to actually run like our grocery stores and so like there there seems to be among certain people who have like the more white collar jobs more sympathy because they started to realize that like actually this whole system is more complicated than i realized and there are people that get fucked over in this process so yeah there there is more of this like class awareness uh being formed out of covid that i i actually did not expect when covid first started would you guys like like to know uh some of the words that are banned from that amazon chat app i would love to know oh, some of the yes, words banned please. from the amazon chat app so words like union okay yeah pay raise mm-hmm. <laughs> plantation 
plantation. Restrooms. Restrooms. Oh, good. Slave labor. Hot dog! In prison. Was this all Amazon, or was this specifically the Staten Island one? This is coming from... the. This is the worker chat app that they're developing. Oh, okay. because I kind of feel like the word choices there also suggest, because if I remember correctly, a lot of like the Satin Island location was a lot of people of color. And so like them having to like ban words like plantation makes perfect sense, because, of course, that's kind of a reference that people kept making. Like, yeah, this is slave labor, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? that and, and the, re- the restrooms one comes from Amazon employees, both like delivery drivers yeah. and uh, factory were uh, not factory, uh, warehouse workers uh, have to relieve themselves in bottles uh, because of the just the amount of quotas that they have to fill in a day yeah. and the just abysmal uh, the abysmally tiny breaks that they have. That was, if I recall, that was the story that really got Amazon to the forefront of labor issues because um, that broke a few it years was, back, I, and that was yeah. like the turning point because i mean there's something just so visceral about having to imagine employees having to like piss in gatorade bottles because they're not allowed to take a restroom break that's just such well a, it's like, a universal experience I yeah think. It literally viscerally shitty i don't know so I, I haven't done a bunch of reading on it but we should also mention there's a bunch of victories going on with the starbucks unions as well and howard schultz is freaking the fuck out oh, oh boy is he yeah man which he's he's awesome he 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 just can't stop like saying stupid shit in public um because i love people who can't stop saying stupid shit they're the content machines he he has that awesome thing he got in trouble for for saying um for comparing (laughs) the values of starbucks with lessons he learned from a rabbi that talked about the holocaust to him (laughs) so guy rocks well i mean that's kind of like I, I don't know how to describe it but it reminds me of like a certain there's like a silicon valley business mindset where like all all relationship experience like all experiences in general can basically be boiled down to like business experience so it's mm-hmm. like geez uh the toll of human atrocity uh experiencing the holocaust is somehow equivalent and can be worked into a business framework somehow no yeah absolutely um and yeah so anyway yeah like howard schultz is you know freaking out because you know these like oh this is big unions are going crazy they're everywhere and as of yesterday i believe there was uh more than six stores that have um voted no the total as of yesterday was 16 locations have unionized with Hell the vote, yeah. votes coming back in. And I I don't know, man. I'm just like getting hit with this like I, I never thought I'd see this shit in my lifetime. Neither. You know. It's one of those weeks where decades happen. Yeah, really. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's a big it's a big moment. I, I think that it's it's uh it is fascinating watching the rise of because it I guess a bit of a primer for everybody. The reason why like labor unions have lost a lot of uh again like many things we can trace this back to the devil himself ronald reagan uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yes um who is the, in hell right now that, yeah. that great 80s satan as they call him yeah the the, the, the great the, the great cocaine satan who listened to us uh, that astrologist who told him uh uh who told him and nancy reagan um to to like listen to her <laughs> staffing <laughs> advice on the White House, and they listened to her. Wait, that's real. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a hundred percent real. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, they had consulted yeah. an astrologer, and they they like had periods where they would like be in the air, uh, <laughs> just like they they would uh, be flying, and the astrologer would be like, "We can't land at this certain time," so they would have to like fly over the city for like ten minutes to like make sure they land at the correct time for good things to happen. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking crazy. Anyway, it's, he it's, it's he fucked over you. Yeah, yeah, he majorly. Uh, so. If I remember correctly, um, this is a very professional podcast, as you can see. As I, I've uh, not done any research into this. Yeah, uh, I vaguely maybe, read this one time. <laughs> I vaguely remember this being said once by like that one guy. That one. Time. So <laughs> I, I heard the, this on a podcast two years ago. <laughs> so what happened back in the in in, uh, in the eighties? Um, there was a strike uh, by the uh, the air traffic control union. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. They, this was in 81, so right at the beginning of the presidency. Yeah. Uh, where they went on strike, and Reagan ostensibly uh, fucking... Uh, like, so they, they strike, they, they striked, they were threatening, they went on strike, and it was gonna, to basically, like, shut down the skies. Like, you cannot fly, fly planes without, you know, uh, without people making sure that they don't crash into each other. Right. Uh and uh reagan ostensibly uh made it that this they were irrelevant uh so reagan back in 81 when the air traffic control union uh was going to go on strike so this was the beginning of his presidency uh he ordered them to work to go back to work they didn't and so uh he fired them that was 11 that was 11,359 air traffic controllers so yeah just gone and yeah, it set a tone for like this is how the Reagan administration deals with unions. Um, and, and there was a lifetime ban on rehiring strikers by the by the Federal Aviation Administration. So um, you, that summer, you, you talk about this, and then you also talk about between eighty one and now the shifts that have happened in the economy. Um, because also the sectors that were the most unionized, like the air traffic control, you know, whatever, or um, more trade work, which is still unionized generally. Uh, municipal workers, that kind of stuff. Um, that is less and less the source of what working class people go to. And you see the rise of like service labor where that used to be like, of course, people always were service labor of every age, but it was used to be a thing associated with like teenagers. And that's what like defenders of the low minimum wage will always say, right? Is that like, you know, uh, well, you know, the, uh, McDonald's is a job for a teenager, and so 725 is appropriate. However, that's not like it wasn't quite true then, but now it's definitely not true. And I think COVID, bringing this back to COVID, really brought that awareness out that like we're calling these people essential workers. You know what I mean? Like these aren't teenagers stocking shelves. You know, these are these are people with families who are we've we've said vital to our society. In like the way that we currently have it organized, and so like yeah, the the this rise of like labor in the service sector, a sector that has not been allowed to unionize for so long, it makes perfect sense because you know we see um, that pretty much most working class is labor or is a uh, service work, and that it is just no longer possible for us to all cosplay that everybody that works at Walmart is, is 16. We all know mm-hmm. that these are adults now, <laughs> you know, like with bills and careers. 
Well, yeah, yeah. it's also because the uh, the labor market has been constructed in such a way where, for the longest time, it seems like what's been happening, and this is this is pretty objective information on the way that this has happened, is the gig economy sprung up and so many people can't find jobs in their field because mm -hmm. there needs to be an extensive, like, servile working class for, like, American capitalism to function. It literally will not function either way because if you leave, like, you know, let's say when I get my degree in journalism, I get a journalism job, that's mm -hmm. one less person who works at, like, the slave labor Panera Bread Factory and one less person who works at the slave labor Panera Bread Factory essentially means that you lost, like, an employee that basically helps you run your business. Mm -hmm. And the more that happens, the more people achieve higher education and go on to jobs that are not analogous to these labor conditions, the more employers are saying, well, we kind of need a disposable body of people like this. And it used to be people of color. It used to be minorities and immigrants, and it still pretty much is. However... Those people are also getting educations now, mm -hmm. more than ever. So now, you know, colleges, businesses, they're trying to concoct ways to artificially make it so that it either takes longer for you to find a career in your field, or it just, like, is something that can't happen for you. Education is more difficult. It costs more. You need to have a right. side hustle to pay for your bills, uh, like working yeah. at a gig economy place. The, the side hustle thing is a big part. Yeah, service work and gig economy. Actually, you, you referencing gig economy is a big part of this too because you atomize the process even more when you make companies like Uber or DoorDash or something like that because I, for, for my experience with working service, there's two types of people. There's people that work at the job and they're like, I work at Walmart and that's what I'm going to do. Those are the people that are probably more likely to unionize. And then people who believe that this is something I'm just doing for now. Which is, I think, a grand majority of people when they work service, if they haven't been there longer than a couple years. Um, there's a kind of belief like, I don't know, you're talking about the higher education and stuff like that. I, I remember working at coffee shops and like having employees, like like coworkers that had master's degrees, um, you know, working coffee shop jobs, not in their field. And, you know, that, that happened when I worked at a Target, that I've seen stuff like that when I worked at a Walmart, right? And... All of those people have to kind of think in their head, well, I'm not sticking around here forever. This is just a rough patch. And that doesn't allow for unions to form as easily. So service like jobs are built to kind of like reflect that, I guess, like mm -hmm. that, that attitude. Because um, if you believe that you're you're only here for a year and then you're going to take off, you're not going to like fight to improve the conditions there. Um, but it's the fact that you have people that that, that are there for for significantly longer amounts of time that that sentiment is now dropping. Yeah, you have people yeah. like me who go back to school later and actually need to. Well, like, some, pay a lot for of people things. can't afford to go back to school later in life. Right. That's like the thing, and I think a lot of older generations don't. They a lot of older generations see this as like transitional jobs when it's becoming more and more apparent that a lot of the people who work these jobs can't afford it to be a transitional job. And like, not to mention that like people, I, I, so I, I think about this a lot. Um, I went to some event back in 2020, Hey, um, for, it was like Bernie, it was uh service workers for Bernie. Um, and it was like, it just brought together all of these people who worked at like, you know, coffee shops and restaurants in Des Moines. Um, actually <laughs> fun, fun thing. It was organized by Ben Mora, uh, the guy that later on got fired and it turned into a whole debacle. But anyway, um, so I've, I've met that guy. 
uh, Twitter guy. But no, like one thing Ben had said uh, that I, I really, I don't know, I it stuck with me is he was like, you know, some of us work these jobs uh, because we we like them. And that like that's such a weird concept of like we we don't think of food service as a career in this country. No, but, we don't. Which which is crazy because like if you go to France or something like that, you can go to college to be a waiter. <laughs> but we don't think of it Chef. as a career here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And well, it goes to like that temporary like yeah, it's America what you do before you do things. something better. And yeah. that's bullshit because it's it's itself a sk- skill set. It's itself a, you know, a hard job that if it was paying well, would be very rewarding. It's, it's very rewarding to get to put together somebody's food and do it well. You know, I say that as somebody that worked at a coffee shop with food for three years, right? If when you feel you did a good job making something, that is a rewarding form of work if they fucking paid me a, a living wage. <laughs> you know? I know, I agree. And anyway, people aren't asking I can rant for about much. They're asking a lot. But. They're asking for like forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year, just like stuff to be able to function and live. Just have in a, an economy yeah. where everything is getting more expensive. It's it's battling for it to just be re- like treated as actual work. And I <laughs> I need to stress this as somebody who's going to be moving out in a few months, who's about to get married. I make twenty five k a year. Mm-hmm. That's what I made last year. If my tax returns are to be believed, make twenty five k a year. <laughs> well, you're the one who reported the taxes, so if we shouldn't believe them, then no, no, no. <laughs> you yeah. we may, so we may need to <laughs> cut that out so that you do not listen. Do not the IRS, I want you to audit you. He just keeps leaking doxable information. Why you are? Well, you are so lucky that you were born in, in this period of time to these Italians and not into like the or- like an organized crime family because yeah. you would have been pinched. You would have been pinched by the FBI so early. Yeah, just on, on your podcast. You know, I made thirty thousand dollars a year last year uh, over the table, under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Finish your point. I'm so sorry. I was about to have a monologue about wage slavery. <laughs> go go for your monologue. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I make 25k a year and I live in the middle of like central Jersey. Uh, everybody already knows this who listens to the podcast. So uh, you can send bombs to my house. I won't open them. I'll probably kick them into the street. But yeah, I digress. Right. Basically, uh, I cannot pay for rent in this state uh everything's going up again rent went up again used to be that you could get a place in this state for about 1200 around here you know that's a lot of money but it's not like i'm getting i'm seeing 1500 dollars 1600 dollars and that's like for a month like 200 dollars shy of my entire paycheck so you gotta move to des moines we got the like some low cost of living out here yeah Low cost of living because no one's there. Exactly. But the thing is, to finish my degree... There's nothing. It's like a bereft, like, flat piece of land with a singular tree and Josiah's just waving next to a shack. Yeah, but you can... (laughs) Yeah, but you can rent a place out for a nickel. So, like, you know, it... it, You win some... But what am I gonna do there? (laughs) I don't know. It's... No, there's stuff. Am I going to one of the 170 coffee shops? (laughs) A shiny nickel! It is for this reason that I must tell those who failed to report for duty this morning 
they are in violation of the law and if they do not report for work within 48 hours they have forfeited their jobs and will be terminated but as as uh, phil was pointing at, and this kind of moves us starting to move us into more generally about the economy yeah rent rent is going up right now like it inflation is. the is rent is everything. too damn high the rent is too damn high no yeah absolutely it is especially after covid and like a lot of the freezes that cities did and stuff like that are mm-hmm. ending and whatever there there's kind of this like you know we're we're like hanging over this gaping abyss of economic chaos and nobody is like seeming to do anything about it cuz yeah rent's going up food prices going up gas prices going up student debt is this like terrifying thing that's just hanging over everybody right now that we keep having these pause extensions every for like three months and then as the three months start rolling in we're like oh no are we gonna have to start paying a billion dollars a month and then oh they push it again and it's just like we just keep getting close to like economic chaos hitting everything yeah it's it's a a disaster it really is a nightmare because they're just like they're holding it over your heads like listen Listen, we know you're just one bad day away from financial ruin. Get into line, little fuckers. And then it's like, no, no, is Daddy Biden going to take away the money? Ah!" I I think what this shows, our current uh, system is uh, unsustainable. Mm, Absolutely. this is odds like the the economy. This is a completely unsustainable position that we're in at the moment. Like this is well, not what well, God wants. A- well, actually, Jackal, have you heard that it's fun sustainable? <laughs> Thank you. What uh, is this? Well, what? what is what? Like, again, how do we get from the the <laughs> the brain? The, I okay. They call okay. me Charlie Coin. And I'm okay. capitalism's okay. biggest advocate. Okay. No, I, I, I'm, okay, okay. No, I'm, 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 I'm affirming it. I'm. There's, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that's um. The, we see you. We hear you, Phil. You're valid. You're valid. I'm, va- I'm not going to go that far. That's my favorite. Um, oh, there's like a bit like the first, like the pilot episode for Superstore that always I think about all the time where there's a sign that says minimum wage, maximum fun. And that that's the vibe that Phil's giving off right now. Minimum yeah. wage, maximum fun. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful dystopia. But like, we're, this is a completely unsustainable position that, that uh, like economically things are. There is, I think that uh, things are, are like, there's going to like there's a reason why you're seeing the rise of like uh labor agitation and unions mm. and class all there's a reason why and that reason is that uh shit's getting too expensive like shit's expensive people need to buy food and and also this is something that doesn't get brought up is that humans we don't just need food we need like entertaining shit we need like mm-hmm. to keep our, our brains occupied ju- we need to be stimulated and yeah we can't just be like we can't just Fear keep trolls that, that are just going in. Stimulation. And, and... Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Um, no, that's that's kind of great. To make a point. <laughs> No, I yeah, Gr- Graber makes this this kind of same point in bullshit jobs that the old labor demand of demanding jobs um, should be replaced with demanding meaningful work. I yeah. agree. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Because if yeah. you want if you want work, there is work out there. But it's it, yes. it's not meaningful work. Like and it's like doing telemarketer like, calls and shit. Like you know, writing writing for newsletters and postings. <laughs> processing insurance makes you yeah that does not serve any societal purpose it just doesn't you know make the world better in any way and that's that's one thing i'd like to uh, like to say about service work is if we had a better culture around service work service work could actually be a really rewarding career path like more so than a lot of the office stuff that exists because if we had a culture that one didn't dehumanize service workers um, and then also like allowed for expression and creativity in it. Like, I mean, n- nothing is more of a base human providing meaning thing in my mind as making food for someone like that. That is such a rewarding thing. Um, it is, it's, yeah. there's an artistry to it. There's a, you know, it could, I, I don't know. I just, I think about that a lot that service work does not have to be as dehumanizing as we make it in this country. It could be like a really. Uh, a, a real career with meaning and stuff. It, it could be, yeah. But it's I like like I think what was the I think that like in in uh that this stuff does not have to be dehumanizing. It doesn't have to be. Uh, mm. it, it doesn't have to feel like this is, is just like because I'm sure that there are people that genuinely enjoy like being like making mm. coffee. That they it's a, like there's yeah. an art to it. Uh, like there's an art to. I know that it's a meme to say that, like, on to about like how the phrase "all there's no such thing as unskilled labor," uh, like it's mm. not quite true. But I do think that there is like even like quote unquote unskilled shit. There is a skill that you need to like do yeah. something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think if we treated more dignity to service work, it would also just improve like the the quality of things around us. You know what I mean? Like if you had if if you're when you go to a restaurant, the people making that food gave a shit and they weren't just like trying to survive, you know, and that's it. Yeah. That the food would be better. It would, you know, everything about that situation would be better if, if for, you know, we were in a situation where service workers were treated, treated well, paid well enough, and that the customers didn't look at them like subhuman slaves that bring them their, their steak. You know, I know that feeling. I, I, <laughs> So anyway, all this to say, it's it's it is really cool seeing um, service mm-hmm. workers organize um, as a as a a industry as they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as especially as the customer entitlement in this country has gotten so oh, much worse so over the past year. Horrible. So yeah, fucking um, horrible. Can I talk about uh, an experience I had recently? Sure, sure. Phil. Because this is this is going to be entertaining and fun for everybody who's ever worked a service job. Very hashtag relatable. So I was working uh, late last week because uh, basically everyone had called out but me. And uh, I don't know, this is actually like something that happens quite frequently where I will be the only person on a shift. It happens like at least a couple times a month where I'll be the only the only non-manager employee, which means I have to do everything. I have to close the entire place down. Uh, I get some help from the managers, but it's usually like a toss in the bucket. Yeah. So I'm closing up and this guy, this guy ordered something like that was new and he modified it. And I was so tired at that point that I had not actually like registered what he had ordered. So I made it incorrectly and that's my fault. But then he comes up to me and he's rudely like, he's like, 
uh, hey, th- like, this isn't what I ordered, and I'm like, oh, sorry, it's new, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure what it is. Like, I yeah. was basically kind of, like, mumbling something about that because I was tired, and he's like, well, it's not what I ordered. And I'm like, Ugh. so I sighed, and I was like, I'll remake it. And then he started yelling in, like, basically, he started getting really uppity. He's like, no, you know what? I actually just want a refund because, uh, you know, it's been a long day for me. And, uh, you know, I, and then my manager came over and he's like, she's like, uh, what's the problem? And he's like, well, you know, he just gave me a bunch of attitude. So, you know, I don't want to remake. I want to refund. And uh, I just, like, slinked off no, to the back to just, like, stand in frustration for a minute while <sighs> my manager attempted to, like, smooth over something with this guy and it's great that like the irony of the situation was that he simultaneously was saying that his day was particularly bad and long and did not realize that quite literally i was the only person there making stuff having to close and he came at nine o'clock like (laughs) 9 15 at night when i should be working on my closing so i can leave which I'm the only one doing. So, you know, his rationale was that, like, he was tired, and he was upset, and he was this, and he didn't even realize that I was in a very similar situation. Mm -hmm. Probably in an even worse situation, because I was the only person there, and had to exert myself the entire night just to make orders, because we were not exactly slow, and when you're the only person making orders and working... It's a nightmare. So this guy berated me for no reason, uh, simply because he felt slighted for five seconds. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, this is a, that's the kind of culture we have here, and it it, it, it mm-hmm. treats yeah it treats service workers as as unhuman. Um, and I, I would <sighs> say yeah, like service work is fucked up is a fucked up aspect of of American life. And the other thing to kind of move to our our kind of final topic here. Um, is also debt, right? Like, like being in debt is like such a American thing. Like everybody mm-hmm. is in debt, and especially student debt. Um, and so yeah, uh, the so you know, three cheers for uh student loan pause is been extended. So I think all of Thank us are you, excited Daddy about Biden. that. Thank yeah. you. And I, ex- I'm assuming they're going to extend it again. Um, because Probably. they are the midterms the midterms it would be i i cannot imagine like what kind of career suicide it would be it, it is <laughs> if, if, they, if it occurs then you i am sure that this has all just been a, a simulation and that this is a specific simulation to torture us if right before yeah. the midterms they decide not to extend the student loan thing we are going to be in a fascist United States by the, the end of the midterm. We're going to be where France is right now. Yeah, it'll just be because it'll be Re- votes listen. will just be ninety nine point nine percent for the Republicans. And be, all right, well, all right, I guess we'll vote for this fascist over this. Fascist. At least, <laughs> you know, this culture has gone down. too far. Mm-hmm. It's you know, me, everybody's favorite Ted Cruz. This fascist just wants to sterilize me. This one wants to kill me. So I guess I'll just go with the I guess we got that. Listen here. Well, let's serve two evils, Jackal. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I just want to tell you that you should vote. No, we're not doing this. No, we're not doing this bit. We're not doing the Ted Cruz bit. No, no, we're not doing the Ted Cruz bit. I ate a man's child right in front of (laughs) 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 (laugh
don't even wear a bib. <laughs> trying to re- trying to reel us in here. Um, so uh, another thing that came out a few days ago, uh, alongside the whole extension of the student loan. Um, student debt pause is that Biden is going to kind of like restructure the repayment model of the federal system. And so this is where I'm getting concerned that they're not going to cancel student loans though. I don't think that's on the, on the verge of happening. It seems like Biden is preparing for half measures to like kind of weather the storm because so like kind of what economists have talked about is like the scary reality is like you know what we have like a what it's nearing two trillion dollars of student debt in this country some fuck absurd like that i know it's above one trillion at this point um enough people start defaulting on that and you have the bubble right the student loan bubble pops and we we go into a recession the country goes into chaos and so that's that's what like economists have been running around with like like with like chickens with their heads cut off about for the last couple you know last decade so they're like yeah guys this is really bad like we're we're about to create an insane crisis um and so like you can handle that in a number of ways. One of the most, you know, the best ways to do that is just to uh, forgive student loans, um, you know, and revitalize the economy. Like, it, it's not even a socialist idea. Frankly, it's like a Keynesian no. capitalist it's idea. Cause, like, well, because, again, remember, we've gone so far from the Keynesian. We are living in a neoliberal <laughs> capitalist. Like, Keynesian economics is like, it, like, Keynesian economics still have a problem with it. But it yeah. at least, like, makes sense. It has, I mean, it, like, this... Make, it makes sense because if I'm not having to pay my, you know, what five hundred dollars a month on student loans, I would be you spending can, that, that money. money on the economy. Yeah. The economy. You can you can buy like uh what did you say? What's the thing that Midwestern people buy? Butter. Uh, yeah, butter. I, I'd buy some butter. Uh, yeah, I'd buy the nice butter you, if I if I had an extra five hundred dollars. I got the nice you, butter. You can buy one of the uh, what's what do you people do? I don't really know, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, but you could buy another, an extra cow. Yeah. You get, you get your extra cow, but yeah, so you could deal that's with it by the, 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 that, that's that way. My- that's the smart way of dealing with the debt crisis. The, the worst way, which I think nobody, nobody's advocating for, like, like nobody's advocating to do this. However, it seems like it's what is been, we've been moving toward, which is just do nothing and let the bubble pop. Um, which is very bad idea. So then th- there's the third option that Biden is taking right now, which is, I think, also stupid, which is we're going to weather the storm. We're going to reform this down and try to work our way down. Right. And how you do that. Because that definitely works. It definitely works. So what what's what's tricky is the headlines look like good socialist things because he's like, oh, there he's going to erase defaults uh, for millions of students or whatever. But what that like looks like in practice is the thing that will blow the system up we're just getting rid of those things but we're not getting rid of the root problem and so like um actually my my girlfriend kelly put it well that it was like it was like if biden kind of looked at or if if we were i was like i'm declaring bankruptcy um and then biden said no you're not you silly goose (laughs) because it's like not letting us just dive into the catastrophe but not fixing it either it's just no you're gonna repay repay the debt that you can't pay. Yeah, no, don't worry about it, you silly goose. I'll say, do you, do you think, should we, do you think that's going to work, though? Is this actually going to... So the, the like, def- paying for the defaults is going to prevent, like, a recession, 
But it's not going to get rid of nobody having any money because they're all paying a billion dollars a month for their student loans. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I tend <laughs> to maybe perhaps there's there's the, the inner optimist in me has not been has not effectively been murdered enough yet. Um, and he should be dead though at this point. I, I should just be a complete. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we haven't yeah. checked on him in a while. Yeah. I think we need myself, a welfare do, check. I, despite that, I, I do. Well, don't do that. The police are going to shoot me. Um, yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ. That's not even a joke. That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Knock, knock, Jackal. Uh, we wanted to make sure you're alive before we fucking kill you. Uh, so, um, I, I, the inner optimist of me, who should be effectively dead at this point, but is still just fucking chugging along, I would like to think that things are probably gonna get so bad that there might just be a point of, alright, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, the hope yeah. is that yeah, we get, like, a New Deal kind of situation. Like, Which I don't hit... know if that's gonna happen with Biden. I, the parenting of... That he's the most that he's the most progressive uh, Democrat. Can you imagine if FDR was was like what, had the same shit or or fucking uh um uh, Linda B Johnson? Both people who have done awful, awful, awful things, but they at least like uh, like were yeah. All right, well I'm gonna do this. I don't give a shit about what these other people say. Lyndon right. Blow Johnson. I I think that there is there could be a part of me thinks that that uh, I I'm afraid to even really say because it could jinx it, uh, but. Part of it, I think that they what we might have is that they just kind of keep kicking this down the uh, they keep kicking this can down the street over and over again. All right, yeah. no, we're delaying it now again. We're delaying for another couple. Of, we're delaying again and again and again until there's a point where it's okay. Look, no one's fucking paying. It. Like if we do yeah. this, it's going to be no matter who does it, it's going to be so immensely unpopular on both on both sides that it might just be better. All right, fuck it, fine, it's canceled here. I- yeah, cause mm-hmm. I, I think with in, in regards to student loans, the federal student loans, because let's not forget the private loans that are still they're still kicking because I'm I'm still paying those right now. Um, but yeah, no, like with the federal loans, I, I think, yeah, they're going to they will probably keep pausing it because uh, it will be political suicide to be the guy who brings it back because it's been Ever, long enough. At this point, whoever does it, whoever decides to bring it back is going to be a pariah for. Yeah, because. For, uh, like, it's not going to feel dude, like the return to status quo because it's been so no, long. It'll feel like imposing a new anymore. debt on people. Yeah, because the new status people, quo is pausing the loans. <laughs> if you impose that new debt on people, they will not be happy. They will be very upset uh, so, because people don't like debt. <laughs> you know, th- and this is one thing to kind of like combine like connect everything before we kind of wrap up here what what i'm i'm loving seeing is seeing service work getting organized what i want to see is debtors getting organized like or Mm -hmm. not you know people who owe debts um uh like i i want to see people who um the the organization and collect like of of people who owe debts to like i want to see a sally may a union of people who owe money to sally may who could you know, if you don't lower the interest, we stop paying. You know, like that collective collective bargaining, baby. That, yeah. That's the big thing. If you if you get enough people to say, "Hey, we're not doing this," that's why I think the only effective way that you'll probably have really significant change in this country is if a general strike happens. Yeah, yeah. If you withhold your labor, if you withhold your payments, if if you if if let's 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 fantasize for a moment. If there's a a, a general strike that occurs where 
people don't people don't go to work people don't pay their debts that is gonna shut the fucking country and the country economy down, down well, at the, and that moment where everyone's gonna come to the bargaining to the to the table to talk about well yeah because i mean we see like i don't know they Marx was talking about this in the 19th century. Marx and, and Luxembourg talked about this. Rosa Luxembourg, like, like speculative capitalism, the credit system, whatever, are going to heighten the contradictions of capitalism because they can continue to expand beyond the material reality around them, you know? So, like, the whole system is just built on this fiat credit system. Like, who has the $1.7 trillion of student debt? You know what I mean? Who, who has that money? Where is that money? It doesn't really exist. And the instant, like, that becomes more and more apparent, I, I just, I feel like this shit's going to cave in. And I, I would like to see, yeah, the organization of people, like, resisting this shit. Because it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm just rambling. But I think that, yeah, we're, we're, there is actually some hope. This episode actually kind of feels hopeful to me a little bit because although I'm things are getting really bad, like, there's yes, a sense that like, these are all objectively, a lot of objectively good things have happened. We need to put asterisks to them, but these right. are good things. Yeah. 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 It might, we might see an uptick. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's for well, God we'll to see. decide. If, if, uh, if we get more unions, uh, then I, mm-hmm. then I think we're, we would be going in a, in a really good direction. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll throw it in the show notes, uh, cause we didn't get a chance to talk about it today, but Matt Bernico, uh, had an article in Sojourners that's really good about, uh, Christian's obligation to stand with, uh, the union, you, you know, union right fights in their local cities. Um, and yeah, that, that's, you know, as the majority of our listenership is religious in some way, uh, specifically Christian, uh, you know, this is the time to stay. If you, if you don't work in the service workers, if you don't work in the service sector, but you see that the service sector is unionizing and they're going on strike, stand with those workers. Try to make that time in your day to go out and stand with them. You know what I mean? Like this is the time to start showing solidarity because it does seem that something is happening right now uh you know who, who knows how long this goes i mean in 2020 i had a feeling like something was happening with the blm protests and then they just kind of got crushed so that it, it, you know it might get crushed but it, still it was an exercise of people standing up against the system and it builds it builds something whatever it is i don't know hey hey guys so <laughs> I am uh, $253,000 in debt. It's going to take you four years. It may mean that she goes and gets a contract job and also does weekend stuff too. Are you I mean, ready? She's not. Uh, well, I should throw one thing out there. We have a baby on the way. Well, I don't think uh, pregnant mama is going to be working weekend Absolutely shifts not. in the ER. So Dad is, though. Dad but, is. but, dude, you are. You're going to be a ghost. I made a bunch of calls today. I'm ready to go. Good. Okay. Good. I like yes. it. And, like we're, it. and we are selling her car. Yeah, you got to sell her car. Just, just, wrap it up? just do it. Yes, I have one, one, one last thing. Uh, I have an update about our boy Madison Cawthorn. Oh, yeah. Oh. How's, how's Cawthorn doing? He is set to speak with President, uh, uh, former President uh, Donald Trump, or current president, uh, depending on who you talk to, he's either the former or the, the still acting <laughs> current president. Yep. Um, at a at a fucking rally in North Carolina because he's still doing that. Uh, so Trump is gonna they're gonna have a rally in fucking Selma, North Carolina, um, on April. Uh, I think actually, fuck that probably is that's today. The rally's happening today as we record it, uh, so probably oh. tonight. 
Um, oh, great, boy. great. Uh, so this is happening as as a uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has uh, publicly uh, has publicly uh, stated his dissatisfaction with Madison Cawthorn's uh, <laughs> statements about uh, the the Republican sex or and the uh to a cocaine um now a bit of an update about the cocaine thing he did elaborate on the on the orgy thing i'm curious about that one but he did elaborate on specific cocaine accusations so he said so the original claim was that like i he saw like uh, a like right in front of him a a colleague just do a fucking lie to cocaine i mean who doesn't you know that's just now, things colleagues should he has do. later got back uh uh, uh, and he specifically described that he did a key bump, uh, which I, I, I ask you, Madison, why do you know what I, what that is? <laughs> uh, they're not so... just they're not just key bumping the bumping uglies, if you know what I'm saying. Shut up, Phil. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, House Minority, so Minority Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy and Minority Whip Steve Scalise. They both met with him for roughly 30 minutes on Wednesday this last week. Oh, wow. About about this. Oh, my God. Um, McCarthy said that uh, Cawthorn has lost his my trust and is going to take a, uh, it's going to have to earn, it's going to have to work to earn it back. Uh, you can't just say, just say you can't do this again. I mean, he's going to, he's got a lot of members very upset, McCarthy told reporters. According to Axios, Elena uh, tr- uh, Treen, I think. There's no evidence to this. Now, I argue there probably is, though. <laughs> there probably is. McCarthy oh. added uh, that Cawthorn told him that he exaggerated some of his claims. So Cawthorn specifically said that, like, oh, wait, no, I didn't, like, it wasn't in front of me. I saw, like, I saw someone, like, do, like, a key bump of cocaine, like, in the parking lot, in their, like, in their car, like, a few miles away from, like, a couple miles away from, like, it was like a couple cars over, which you cannot see that. You cannot see someone do that unless you've got, like, fucking eagle eyes or something. You can't <laughs> see someone. You cannot see someone in a fucking parking lot do cocaine. Do a bump of cocaine. Okay. Oh. Uh, we will keep following Scott the Madison Cawthorn. Oh, Scott Perry oh. has said, I think it's important. If you're going to say something like that, name names. So that might also include Scott Perry might not be invited to sex orgies, too. Because, he's, <laughs> because for oh, obvious reasons, Scott Perry. Yeah, Madison Cawthorn and Scott Perry are the two people not involved, invited to the orgies, and so they're they're lashing out publicly. They <laughs> they're they're very they're very upset about this. So that is the that's the story um, as it is right now. Uh, we will let you know when this uh, what happens more as the saga of Math- Madison Cawthorn's fantastic sex sex orgy adventures uh, continue on, or his actual <sighs> involvement not in in. in. I, I like we need a little sting for Madison Cawthorn updates. Um, a- anyway, uh, Finch, why don't you wrap us up? Let's do it. Let's get out of here. We're in a pool of blood. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is what I was. Fu- well, this is what I fucking paid for. There we go. Um, <laughs> that's right. Baby. Half the union organizers the are dead because of the mafiosos that Jackal hired, but uh, there seems to be a second wave coming in, about to do a human wave attack upon us. Uh, they seem to have pitchforks now. 
So we'll see yeah. if we'll see uh, Tommy Guns uh, hold out. I have been a uh, primary Mafia Don and Union Buster Finch J Finch. You can follow me on Finch War at Twitter. Uh, at Finch War on Twitter. But, um, I should be gone for Lent, but I'm still posting there. So there's where I am. That's we are joined on. by the CEO of Buffalo Wild Hands himself, Jackal Chester. All right, well, I just want to thank you, Yus, for, for, for helping me out in this really tough situation. Now, I know it seems that there's more of them coming, but please, uh, I, I trust you to handle this. I'm going to get a Lamborghini and get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> I will, uh, and uh, if if you're still alive by the next day, uh, you'll be getting paid. If not, then, uh, well, I, I should not luck for you. I guess I got to hire some some better muscle, uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess. So, uh, while you uh, you deal with that, the uh, encroaching, angry, uh, working class mob with pitchforks, uh, I'm gonna get out of here and go to one of my mansions in uh, in in uh, Westchester. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess it sucks to be you. Uh, you can follow me <laughs> at uh, at Jekyll Jester on Twitter.com. But currently, I am bullying a uh, a, a weird uh, Catholic economist by saying that he's a that uh, he looks like a thumb. <laughs> hey. uh, and then we got Josiah. Yeah, um, I, I have like blood all over my face. U- union organizer blood painted in my face. And I'm explaining to the mob, you know, we're like a family here. Um, <laughs> as, as you cock the, the, the Tommy gun, as you yeah. load in Look. a new- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Josiah W. Sutton on Twitter.com. I'm away for Lent as well, uh, but, you know, give me a follow. Uh, I also write a substack that's been a little defunct lately because I haven't had any ideas, but, uh, but I'll get back to that. Um... Oh yeah, I have another podcast called Fruitless, and I put out an episode with a anarchist organizer friend of mine, Morgan Vanderhart. Uh, you should go listen to that; it's a good time. Um, and I do have some kind of fun interviews lined up for Fruitless in the future here, and I'm excited for that. Um, oh, and uh, uh, Jackal uh, did not mention he was on Odd Splice, uh, fr- friend friend of the show, Josh Christensen's podcast. Uh, I uh, do declare. That today has been a success of monumentous achievement. I am Southern for some reason, all of a sudden, and caked in the blood of my enemies. Wait, something is coming over the horizon to attack me personally. I believe it is a giant menagerie of chicken corpses in the shape of a giant homunculus. <laughs> right, is, is this like Oh no, I'm about to be crushed by a giant chicken fist. You can follow me at CryptoDirector on Twitter.com, where I am currently on a Lenten hiatus, but post a photo I took on a walk. See you guys in hell. I like how we, 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 we got Foghorn Leghorn as a... Uh... Um, as a, a union buster, I think that, that was a real. Yeah, it is. Well, I say, I say, I do not appreciate these union activities. <laughs> That's a podcast, everybody. Uh, get out of here! Get out of here! Go out! Get out of here! Leave! Do something yes. worthwhile with your here. life. Just Solid, solidarity forever, baby. Yeah. yeah.
inside out. You They're, the economy is oh, in shambles. Chickens in the marketplace right now. Dow Jones. Stop talking, goddamn it, fine. Oh, twenty dollars. I wanted a peanut. Twenty dollars can buy many peanuts. Explain how. Money can be exchanged for goods and services. Woohoo! <laughs> During this course, we'll cover several important topics, such as our position on unions, associate rights, signs of employee disengagement, and how to identify, escalate, and address associate concerns. We are not anti-union, but we are not neutral either. We will boldly defend our direct relationship with associates as best for the associate, the business, and our shareholders. Okay, but is it like a conversation you guys are having? Because I know other big companies do offer it. Um, typically, their employees would be in unions. I'm transferring now. Please hold. What are you doing? Why would you say that? Say what? Hi there, Amy. This is Jeremy, Vice President of Employee Relations. Hi. I don't know exactly. Uh, do me a solid and hang tight for one second, Amy. What's happening? Please hold for Greg. Who's Greg? Why are we getting Greg? Go for Greg. Hey, it's Jeremy. I've got Rebecca from Legal and Amy from Store 1217, where we've got that union problem. Oh, no. no! 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 We were talking about maternity leave, and somebody very annoying mentioned the word union. Oh, okay. Let's just all calm down, take a breath, step back from the ledge. <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, there's no ledge. Nobody's talking about unions. No way. And nobody's going on strike. Please hold. Uh, yeah, hi. Okay, you've got Howard, Sue, Cheryl, Keith, Guillermo, so Renee, and Alan here. Hey, How are you doing? Hi. Hi. Okay, hang tight down there, 1217. We're sending someone down to you first thing tomorrow morning. No. No, 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 You don't have to do... Take care. Amazing talk. Wow.